What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Masters of Community podcast. My name is David Spinks, founder of CMX and VP of Community at Bevy. Each week, I bring you an expert who will help you take your community to the next level. Thank you so much for joining me. Let's dive into today's episode. What's up, everyone? Today's guest is Craig Foreman. He's the lead people scientist and head of community engagement at Culture Amp. Craig and I have known each other a long time, and our conversations are always really insightful as he basically looks at the data across many, many different companies from Culture Amp, which is a tool that you can use to collect insights and feedback from employees, and helps those companies figure out how to improve their culture and build a better sense of community internally. He also runs their community program, which I think is one of the more underrated community programs out there. It's been a core part of their strategy at Culture Amp since the very early days of the company. They're running conferences, events, online community, and developed an entire brand specifically around the community that's distinct from the Culture Amp brand. All right, lots to learn from this episode. Let's dive in. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. I'm very excited to be here with Craig Foreman today from Culture Amp. Craig, welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. David, it's great to be here. Like, like I told you before, I mean, we've had some great conversations, but big fan of your work, what you bring to the world. And uh, I'm just honored that you've asked me to be here. I'm, I'm happy to be here today to share uh, what I have to share. Likewise, I, I've really enjoyed following everything that Culture Amp is doing and that you and your team is doing, you know, kind of flying under the radar a little bit in terms of, you know, you've been investing in community for a long time, kind of community grew with the company since its early days. Um, I've in the last couple of years started to learn a a little bit about what you're all doing with community. And I think it it sets a really good example for other companies. So excited to dive into that, uh, learn more about you, learn more about uh, how you guys are investing in community right now. Why don't we start with just hearing a little bit about you and your story? How did you get involved in community and how did you come to work at Culture Amp? Let's see. I mean, a few things about me. I grew up in Florida and my journey really has been one more about about human personal development, uh, which is really which is early on kind of modified into workplace and how we can better our workplaces. I had a unique story. I spent uh, you know, after high school, wasn't quite sure what to do with myself a bit. Had to get it organized. Spent four years in the the military, some four years in the Air Force. I was a linguist in the Air Force that first brought me to California. Um, wrapped that up, went back on my undergraduate degree in business, came back to California. That's where I wanted to be. And this is, uh, you know, in the early 2000s. And been out here ever, ever since and had a bit of a journey. But eventually I did go back to get my master's degree in organizational development. Uh, I was always pulled towards really human human empowerment, humor, human uh, bettering themselves. How come? I, probably partly my own work, but also what I wanted to bring to the world. I was particularly interested when I decided to get a master's degree in this field. Like it, it called me and I really enjoyed all that work. And, and, it, and it took me a, a bit to, to get my career fully aligned with that around kind of workplace transformation. Spent some time, a company called Achievers out of Toronto that, that helped organizations with recognition and rewards to LinkedIn and then to Culture Amp, where I really feel like Culture Amp, I got to fully uh, bring, I think, what I want to be doing professionally to the world in a big way, which is around this this workplace development. And I felt that the work I was doing and the work that CultureAmp was doing was very aligned. Uh, CultureAmp is a software company. We do have tools that help organizations to listen, assess their organizational culture, and then take effective action. And it's designed in a very like positive, human-focused way, designed for employees, not just for the HR team. Um, and we also have gotten into performance management as well. So that my journey 
brought me there. It's a, it's it's its own story. Uh, I will say that when I first got there, my work really. I'm on our people science team. My title is lead people scientist, um, and I spent my time really working with our clients, helping them think about designing surveys. How do you think about the questions you ask your people? What are you trying to learn? Uh, and then how do you take that information and, and turn it into to action? So I worked a lot also with results and helping their leadership team understand how to use these tools to understand and tell stories. Um, I know that's a bit of background there, but I was so passionate about this work and it's just something that I've really been into. I'm probably a bit of a community person long before I even knew it. Um, I got the role uh, very quickly. I started having the opportunity to go to, to conferences and represent CultureAmp. I started bringing a camera with me. I started doing social media. I wanted to tell these stories on top of the work I was doing with our clients. I was just out in the world and so intrigued by the space. And I thought, if I can help bring more of these voices to light, that would be really, really great. Um, that started me on a kind of drifting towards marketing. I got very involved in our, we ran our first global conference. So I got very involved in that with our speakers and with our um, kind of experience design. I've done a lot around helping with, you know, our experiences and the events that we were running. Got heavy into that a little over a year ago. And then we decided, and we'll talk more about that to take what we've been doing with community and really take it to, to a new level and to do more with it. And I was pulled into that team to lead our um, kind of the community engagement or everything around our chapters and our community events um, to help build that. Uh, so it's been my, my passion, and I think it's important to call out here, my passion around workplace and human development that's led me here, but it's really my passion that drives me. And at this point in time, Everything lined up with the skills that I have, my passions, with what Culture Amp was looking to do, um, all came together at the right time. And here I am now leveraging community to, to bring that to life. And I, I'll, last thing I'll say is I'm driven by purpose. And my purpose is to help the world work better by improving the places we work. And I say that because community now is allowing me to go, I think, is it's, it's the biggest place for me to go into my purpose. So it's a community that's allowing me to like fulfill and embody my, my purpose. So... Sounds like you found the right job. <laughs> Feels good so far. I'll just keep letting the. Uh, I've I gotten to a place where I trust the universe. You know that I, I've I've gotten clear on what I'm what I what I want to bring to the world, and it's amazing things keep presenting themselves. So I, this is the right job right now, and until the next, whatever happens next, I'm open to it. But I, I'm really, really, really enjoying this on multiple levels. It's awesome. That's a fortunate place to be. Yeah. And so just to give everyone a quick idea of what community means at Culture Amp, can you talk about the community program? What programs are you running? What does community mean at Culture Amp? So um, I'll talk about that, and I think I'll give a little history at the same time because it will help our conversation. And that is, you you alluded to earlier, something interesting at Culture Amp, and I think it was really brought to life. We've done some work with Erica Cool, who I'm sure all, a lot of people listening to this are, are aware of, um, who was at Salesforce and um, big partner of yours. And early on, she said, you know, what's really unique about Culture Amp is that most companies form and build a product and then decide to build a community. And she said, good and bad. There's some things we've had to work on around this, but that is unique in the fact that we've built a community and a product at the same time. It kind of just, I don't know, I don't want to say just sort of happened. There was intentionality around it, but I think because we're a company that's as deep into our what as we are our why, it just felt like, felt like natural to be connecting with people on a deeper level. Um, I will say historically, 
community, although not in a formal way, has been in our DNA. I think it's just what we wanted to bring to the world, how we're showing up, the fact that our tools were to support organizations, but we felt that we needed to go broader and we want to engage with people in general. Uh, the topics that we're thinking about around engagement, diversity, and inclusion are, are are rich topics that people are interested in talking about. I mean, ever since I started this job, I can go to a party and say, oh, I work for CultureAmp. We help companies assess their organizational culture and take action. And 95% of the people I say that to will want to engage with me, where in previous roles I've had at other organizations, 15, 10% would want to say something. So it's just a very, it's a very up topic on multiple levels. Hey, my company needs this, or, oh, I wish we were doing that, or we're doing this great thing, or you should talk to so-and-so. Somebody's got some angle on it. Um, So we were doing it. And what happened over time was that a few things. One one of the biggest community things, I think, visibly was what we called Geek Ups, which was our version of meetups. And we refer to people in our community or have historically as people geeks. So we started running these basically meetups. We'd go into a town, we'd partner with a client of ours, we'd usually have a fun, cool space that they would, and we'd work together, we'd bring food in, we'd invite people out, we'd bring in some speakers, we'd send out some people from our team. And you would usually get 80 to 100 people would show up at these events, and they're wonderful. Um, and oftentimes we'd hear, it's great when Culture Amp comes to town. We love these. We wish there were more. So that kind of were some of the seeds of, of where we went. But we also did things like we have our newsletter, our, our People Geekly, you know, with over 50,000 subscribers that we had just built up over time. We had something we started called People Geeks Answers, which is an online Q&A. What else we do? Our our culture first global conference, right? Was a was a community effort. Our culture first forums, which were smaller events for leaders, were a, a community effort. And I'm sharing that because what we did was we realized that we had all of these uh, different pieces of community, but they were also disparate inside the organization. So product would own one piece, which was around, you know, the People Geek Answers, the online forum, and marketing and, and field events would own the Geek Ups, and then marketing, another team on marketing owned the, the global event. So what we realized is we had all these community assets and community things we were doing, but they we were doing them in different ways, and we weren't always there wasn't a kind of a one consistent theme across. So that was something we needed to address last year when we, when we rethought things uh, around community. But that's the history um, and a lot of great work leading up to this. I think it's important that we're going to talk about community today and what we started doing the end of last year. But so many people along the way have really done so much to engage with our community, to develop our community. And, and from a very, just a good place. There wasn't, in some ways, I think it was a benefit. We didn't have a big community um, strategic plan. We were just engaging with people and it was kind of amazing what what was built. So th- there's a couple interesting things there. I think one is um, we, we talk a lot about this in the CMX community. There's a cultural investment in community that companies have, and then there's a practical investment in community. And so a lot of, a lot of companies talk about you know, being community driven. And I think it's just important to distinguish there are companies that do it from a cultural standpoint, just say like, we believe in community. Um, But then how does that actually manifest itself in a program, an event, an online community, a newsletter, whatever it is. And so I think that's why it's always really interesting to kick off with a question like, what does community mean at your business? Because it is a broad thing and it, it means a lot of different things to different companies. Um, and for a lot of companies, they they may believe it on a cultural level, but they're not practicing it. And then there are companies who are practicing it. They're doing events, they're doing online community, but they don't really believe in it. And both of those 
scenarios don't usually end up in success. I, you know, I told you when we prepped for this call that I, I can't, my history, my background is really around organizational development and around the culture work that I've been doing for years with organizations. So I, I kind of, I'm going to hit on both of those at times. And so what you just spoke about reminds me oftentimes of when we work with organizations that are really trying to focus on their culture or to improve it. And I will say that I found that you kind of run into two scenarios. You run into scenarios where companies really, really get it. They want it. They might be struggling, but they this deep sense of knowing about we want a better culture. We want to create a workplace where people are really engaged. Um, kind of what you spoke about these two sides from just a, just a, just like a, there's a, an intuitive level that they want to do this from almost altruistic. And there's some companies, especially large organizations, have been working a certain direction. That will come to the table saying, look, you know, you can get this sense that they want to do this because like cognitively they've been told they understand it makes good sense. Right. And we want to invest in our people. and It's time to start doing more assessment and understanding our culture. I, I, where I'm going with that is I've always when my work as a people scientist is really meeting everybody where they are. Like my bigger goal is that organizations that we show up, more people have a better experience at work. And I kind of don't care what brings them to the table. If bringing them to the table means they're going to start to engage in a better way, because I know in the long run, it's just, it's, it's better for humans. So if it takes an executive who just thinks, well, it's better for the ROI, like I'd prefer it wasn't that way, but at the same time, if that's the door that opens to allow the movement for more positive human connection, so be it. So when you're talking, that came up for me that I, I, I bet that's the case. And I'm sure in a, in a company like ours, what we're seeing is the fact that it kind of was very organic. It was who we were, what we were about. We were doing it even when we didn't know we were doing it is playing to our benefit now. And I think to a company that probably might not have come to it that way, that's okay. Just be honest with yourself. And if it's what you really want, like find people that are really passionate, that will build the community, even if from the executive level, it's just, it's a good investment. We believe it's going to work. If that's where it stops, then I think the world will feel that. Like there's a, we, 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 we sense, you know, these things that I would say to that company, put in place people, there must be people in your organization that are passionate about your technology, that are passionate about what you're doing, that are doing community stuff anyways. They're on Slack. They're, they just want to be out in the world talking about what you're doing. And how do you get those people involved? Because they're really your community. Yeah. You know, not everybody at Culture Amp is probably a, a community promoter, but there are a lot that just are and we can tap into that so you have those authentic advocates internally but to your point executives often need to see some sort of roi or value there like if you ask anybody if you ask anyone straight up do you believe in community no one's gonna be like nah <laughs> it's like employee engagement you, you believe in employee yeah, engagement? profit only baby <laughs> no one's gonna say that that said you know when it comes down down to it they have to make decisions based on where is the best place to spend money? Where should they invest? They have to decide, does marketing get money? Does sales get money? Does product get money? There's a limited amount of money. And so um, I do think you have to have both of those things when we're talking about community in a business context. Um, how, how do you measure or how do you talk about ROI of community at Culture Amp? Well, this is interesting because I think we are going through a shift as we formalize, I will say. And I also what comes up for me is uh, Didier Elzinga, our CEO, I think is a unique... CEO, unique person. I've seen multiple times where I think he, and it's proven right, that there are things that I think he gets and he's willing to invest in, even sometimes when the traditional executive might not get the initial pop or the ROI. And like, if he wasn't here, I don't know that we would be where we are with community. I'm sure there's times when people have said to him, why are you investing in that? Uh, why are you putting that much money into a global event? 
but I, th I think there's this, there's a deep knowing. And I think when we get around our community, when we bring these people together, when I go out to conferences, I've never worked somewhere where people come up to me just because of where I work are so excited and want to talk to me. So like, there's an intuitive knowing that, and I, I really appreciate because I think Didier like allows himself to hear that at times while he still holds, he balances that well. Um, so I will say up to the, I will say that I say that because we're figuring it out and historically, yeah, we've seen good stuff, but there's also been a lot, I think, of just this, this trust and this deep knowing that we've seen how people feel about us, uh, how our clients feel about us. So, so to clarify, it sounds like Culturam has come at it from a very authentic, we just believe in it as part of our culture. You weren't trying to measure the ROI of those investments. Um, you're starting to formalize a little bit, but that's still a journey that you're, you're currently on. It is. And I want to talk about both sides. I will say that one of the things, and I think we might get to this, that I spoke about the fact that we grew up together, like the product and community, and it caused some interesting things that got us to a point. There are some tensions that existed. So for instance, we ran those Geek Ups. Geek Ups really were community. I mean, Geek Ups were the, in many ways a community event. Like anybody was welcome. You didn't have to be a user. Um, but they were run by field marketing and they were also being managed on like, well, okay, did we generate leads from this event? Did we? So early on, it didn't matter too much. I think over time it created some tension. Like you have people saying, well, what? Okay, fine. Regardless, I'm an events person. I'll do whatever event. What am I being measured on? Am I driving leads or am I building community? And those started to get more and more different. So there were some tensions that started to exist that we wanted to say, look, we should run marketing events and you should be focused on generating interest in, and people that want to talk to us about our products. And we want to we want to do community. And I share that because you asked about measurement. And this is one of the things that was tricky. We, we would go out, we'd run an event, we'd get great. We'd, it would be community. We would generate leads. We we're hitting on it from a marketing perspective without having to really quantify because they were mixed together so much and we were feeling so good about the events. But we also last year, and why I'm doing what I'm doing is because we say, came to the table and said, how can we do better? And we've got this amazing community that we've built. How can we be more intentional and organized around it? Which brings me to the second half of your question is what we're trying to, what we are looking at now. How do we do this in a good way? We do not want this to become some sort of thinly veiled marketing effort. Like we really want to build this community with a deep belief that if we build a beautiful community that is open and supportive, that it will speak volumes for Culture Amp, what we're about, who we are, what we're willing to bring to the world. And we'll have people that feel more connected and, and you know, that not only can you use our products, but you can also have a whole community to lean on, both people that use our tools and people that don't, to help really. And, and the other piece is it's a bit of a movement. Like, we want to make a change. So we are looking at that a lot. I think bringing on tools like Bevy, you know, helping us, like, lay everything on top of Salesforce so we can go back and do some analysis and say people that are engaged in our community are X times more likely. You need the data in order to be able to measure anything. Exactly. And we have and we have seen some some early stuff. I mean, we do have, our community has already generated. People have reached out to us and said, I heard about you through this event or I went to an event. Right. So it's it's doing what we're, we're hoping that people, it is bringing awareness and what we're about. And someone will go to the website and check us out or a current client of ours uh, wants to talk more about performance. So but we're just really careful. I'm really careful as I build this that, at least from my perspective, I want to build the best possible community. And I know that people smell and sense... <laughs> inauthenticity. Inauthenticity. And I just don't believe any great community is ever built to sell somebody something. And I don't, want to, I don't want to build that. I want to build a real community with a belief that doing that right, doing that with community in mind will benefit <laughs> Culture Amp and... We are really, especially as we get organized around this, really exploring, we do need to measure it. We need to go back and say this is the value it's bringing, um, but I, we don't want to start with the end in mind, so to speak. 
I can make the argument that every community exists to sell something. Every community exists to sell something. Yeah, every community is is selling something. Maybe not monetarily directly, but every community exists in order to achieve some sort of goal or outcome. Everything from religion mm. to even like family to support groups. You're trying to achieve an outcome. They're selling you on on some sort of better future. Which is I'll go with you at, at the meta level, like right. Every community is designed to bring some sort of value to sell you something, so to speak. I, I get where you're going. As we rewind it into a community built by an organization that's a for-profit organization, is it a direct relationship to like really what we want to do is get your name on a list so we can market to you and sell to right. you? In if that that's sense, your only goal, then then that's bullshit. That's not real community. But you're absolutely right. Everybody's selling all the time, right? So, and and this is the way I've been thinking about it. Just to share quickly is like. Um, we, t- we tend to look at things, especially in business, as black and white. And so we say, like, this is all marketing or all community, or this is all business or all purpose. And so when I actually look at setting goals for a community program, I, I try to set dual objectives. And so you have kind of a business outcome and you have a community health outcome. And maybe some programs are going to be more heavily leaning towards the business side and some are going to be more towards the community side. But you can do both with any program. It doesn't have to be one or the other. You know, as you're talking, and I do I do agree. I mean, I think I've gotten to like the nitty gritty of like what it comes down to is integrity. That's what it really comes down to for me. Right. It's integrity. It's are we upfront? Are we direct? What I don't want is somebody to walk into one of our communities and go, oh, that was a little bit of a bait and switch. That to me would be, I couldn't keep doing it. Like, Absolutely. I really want it to be pure with this belief that good organizations that show up well in the world, that do the right thing, will thrive as an organization. Because when we sell our products, we can fund building communities and we can fund doing these things to bring more value. So not only are you joining us to use our tools, but also you're joining us because you want to be part of supporting something bigger because using our tools supports a bigger movement around making the world a better place to work. I'd say that a customer community or any community for business is an extension of your team. And so it's the same way you're thinking about culture with hiring a team, right? Yeah, if it's just I'm paying you a salary, you're going to do the job and shut up and go home. Of course, no one's going to want to actually engage there. It's not an authentic community. But Obviously, and, and this is the world that you're ex- extremely experienced in, there's a lot of things you can do, even though it's a transactional relationship. I'm doing air quotes. You can't see it. But it's a transactional relationship and you're getting paid to do a job. You still want to build a culture of authenticity and trust and a place that people actually want to be and they get value from. And it's the same with community. And being really clear about that transaction. You're right. It is transactional, but being really clear and explicit and not, not saying one thing and the transaction is really another. Like us being really clear with that, what that transaction is. What do you get? What do we get? Definitely. And we're, we're, and like, I think this conversation makes me realize more. We're still working on figuring that out, but we just want to keep doing it from a good place, you know, to make sure that we're, we're, we're taking care of our community well. Love it. A little bit of a segue. So, I mean, one, one area that you're really experienced in with culture amp and your background is culture measuring culture, understanding what goes into a healthy culture. And when you're building community, that's essentially what you're doing. You're trying to create a healthy culture. And a lot of people who are building community are trying to better understand, how do I measure this? How do I know? Are we actually building a healthy community? Which in my mind is this synonymous with a healthy culture. Um, So what have you learned about that? Whether it's from your tool, the data you got, um, how do we know if our communities are healthy and how do you measure that? 
to start with some of the obvious ones, um, we have been running surveys. So we, you know, we practice what we preach. Preach. We believe in, you know, employee listening is our, our, our tools and our products. So um, listening to our community has been important as well. So early on, um, we started by piloting. So I mean, I, like I said, but to, to, to close the loop, you know, we had all these different things going on. Last year, number one, we said, how might we go bigger, do more, be more intentional with our community? Um, one of the things was we brought all of those disparate things under one umbrella and created a community team. Um, so now we have a team and we also created a website, culturefirst.com. So now we have cultureamp.com, which allows us to think about our product and our traditional, like what, you know, our culture amp side. But now we have another side, culturefirst.com, which is allows us to go bigger around community. So there's stories or content and things that we want to push out that may not be directly aligned with a campaign or something happening with our product. Now we have that space if you want to find anything um, related community, you want to find a chapter, that's where you would go. So that's where we are today. And how are we measuring? I mean, there's some tactical stuff that we have. We do have on our team, we have a dedicated um, researcher on our team, which has been amazing and lucky us that we have. That's a luxury. I know it's a luxury. <laughs> um, she does about 60, 70% with us. Um, then she has 30%. She's working with um, more directly on product user experience. Yeah. So she's been very involved, which is great. So I can go out in the world and just have a whole bunch of calls, record them and send them to her. Or she's done some early research where we had a group of us doing some um, almost market research. Uh, so really like learning about what people are looking for, what they want. That helped us set it up. We also run surveys. We've run surveys directly for our chapter leads since we've been doing a lot. We're just onboarding and getting our chapter started. How are they feeling? Right. Um, after each event, um, we do send out surveys to get feedback from attendees that's really helped us so what i'm trying to kind of hone in on is what are those surveys looking to learn what are the elements that you look for to understand is this a healthy culture is this a healthy community we always ask about belonging i think that's very important to us did you feel like that this is you know you belonged here were you welcome did did the experience match your expectation? What you what you were looking for uh, when you showed up? So are we a lot of people walking in and getting what they expected? Did they feel a sense of connection and belonging? Um, we're very big on this human connection. It's built into everything that we do. Mm -hmm. um, so we want to assume that. And I think we also and I have to double check, but I also think you know are, it's a question of do you do you see yourself returning and be involved in future events? Which is to us one of the most important things. Mm -hmm. Will somebody um, return? I think with our chapter leads, do they feel supported? Do they feel like um, they're part of their own community and do they have all the resources and tools they need to go out and uh, achieve the, the task that, that they've agreed to that we're asking of them, which is, well, originally when it was in-person events to run at least a, an event per quarter, um, but now we're doing a lot more with, with virtual. So I think at this point, since there's been so much focus on building and growing this, this community in, in this way, it's really been about for people that are showing up, are they getting what they're looking for? Do they see themselves returning? Mm -hmm. Do they feel like it was a belonging space? And then for our leads, do they have the support um, that they need? And is there anything else that they need from us? So we want to listen to them and stay really connected. Um, this is an iterative process. We don't have it all mapped out. We are building it and learning as we go. So part of this is to, to learn as we go and build with them. Right. Have you found that it's a similar set of questions or insights that you're looking for between a community and, and a team and employees? Like the things that you're measuring as Culture Amp for companies and all the questions that you have in there, is, is that essentially the same kind of thing as you would ask in a community and measure the health of a community? 
are those different? Yeah, well, uh, so I'll share a little bit. Okay, there's a lot more we ask. There's a lot more we do with our tools around engagement. But I will tell you that when we measure engagement, there are three core themes around engagement. Everything else really relates back to that to see how can we address it. And we call it say, stay, and thrive. Basically, what would you share? What would you say? Would you recommend an employer to a friend? Stay, do you see yourself here in the future? Are you currently looking? And thrive, are you willing to go above and beyond? When you look at it that way, like, right, when you have when you have an employee that is uh, speaks highly, would refer you uh, to, to a friend who's willing to go above and beyond and sees themselves there in a year, two years time and is not looking or actively looking for work, you've got a pretty highly engaged employee. The flip is, yeah, I mean, engagement holds. So I think what we, what we you know, when you, I love how you asked that question because sometimes it's just in our DNA. But yeah, we really are. And I think one of the most critical ones is around retention. The same thing with employees. Like, this is bringing new value. You do see yourself here. So asking that question around, do you see yourself coming back is one of those. I don't know that we're asking, like, would you go above and beyond for this community, which is a, which is an interesting question. Oh, you should definitely ask that. Uh, yeah, right. I know. Exactly. It's a, it's a great point. And then the, the, the second one is, um, yeah, you know, how do you feel about it? Would you refer it? Would you speak, would you, would you speak highly or recommend somebody else is included? So yeah. two of the three are. And now that you, you did, that question is a great one. So I should go, I'm going to go back to the team and, and, and take a look at that. And like, how do we align engagement to our community engagement? Um, but it's definitely, it is definitely there in the ethos of how we're engaging with them. Right. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because, I mentioned before that a team, uh, your community is an extension of your team. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that's more or less true depending on how engaged you are in the community. But you have, you know, chapter leaders who are running local events or they were, now they're doing virtual events. Um, but those people are, you know, committed, contributing, active in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, they are essentially an extension of the team. And then you're going to have the people who are just passively consuming or maybe they attend an event and, okay, maybe they're not contributing in the greatest way um, or in the most, you know, in the deepest way yet, but that doesn't mean they don't want to or they could. And I think those, I think, I think there's a ton of parallels between how we think about internal culture and community with our employees and how that maps to our external community of contributors and ambassadors and customers. I agree. I love the way you just framed that. Um, I mean, I think I felt that, but I don't think I've ever expressed it that way. And when you were saying community, I was thinking about like our broader community. But when I was talking about the going above and beyond, although we might not be asking, in some ways it's a more pure because with an employee, you have to ask that question and, and uh, tease that out because of this contract they're getting paid. Maybe they're just showing up doing their work. What I'm so blown away with with our chapter leads is in some ways I don't even have to ask that question because they're volunteering and that by simply doing this and stepping up and being involved is going above and beyond in a way that they, you know, it's, it's like it's more pure because they don't have to do this. Going above and beyond means if they're not, they just disappear. And I just want to take a moment to call out I'm every day I'm so touched by the work that I'm doing with these chapter leads and how passionate they are about this and what they're bringing to the table it's always a reminder to me that I don't have to, and David, you probably know this in building community, but I think this has been a lesson for me of being able to let go, like trust that you've brought people together that are passionate. Community is a hundred percent. I'm always reminded of this. I, I get in my head. Yeah. I get in my head about, Oh, I haven't done this or I need to do that. And what if I don't go to this place? And then I, and then I'm not able to for one reason or another. And then the team gets together and they go above and beyond my, my expectations. And I, I wasn't even involved. And it's like, whoa, I thought I was supposed to make sure that happens. And it's just a reminder that bringing great people together and, and rallying around a cause and some basic a framework. And 
I'm just saying my community blows me away and the leads blow me away regularly <laughs> with great. how they show up. 100%. I mean, community is all about giving up control and trusting people to take that lead. It, it really is. Which is why it's so hard for so many companies because companies are historically really bad at giving up control. We even were in the beginning. Like We were starting to go down the same path. It was bringing Eric on and just gave us that insight of it was just natural. Like that's what you... Th- what we thought, right? Of course, how do we, we've been running these events. How do we do this at scale? Okay, we have to have, you know, if we, and if every event gets all sloppy or goes different directions, that's not good. So we need a whole framework. And, and Eric and those early conversations was a reminder, like, no, 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 just don't worry, back off. You'll get there if you need to tweak it. But like, start basic, like, get the core right, get the team right. This this will grow and build in a way that you can't even imagine. And it's already starting to happen. Yeah, I'm Erica's number one fan. <laughs> Erica Cool. For those of you who don't know Erica, she ran the community program and built it from the ground up at Salesforce over, I think, the last 17, 18 years. Yeah. And only recently uh, decided to break out on her own so she can consult with lots of great companies like Coltramp. So. And we were one of her Check first her clients. Out. It was so much fun to have her like right out, right out, fresh You're out lucky. of Salesforce. It you was amazing. Early. Yeah, her her schedule booked up real quick. <laughs> we'll have to get her on the podcast. See oh, you should. And I will say, just I know she'll probably listen to this. And not only did I get to work with Erica, but I really made a a, a good a, a great friendship and somebody I really respect and admire. We got to hit the road. She came out to uh, two of our our first in person events. It was just. We really, she's a wonderful person. So I'm really happy that I got to build the professional and uh, uh, what I consider a friendship with her. Agreed. She's amazing. <laughs> Easy person to talk to. I think one one last interesting thing here um, that's unique about Culture Am's community is that you, you mentioned you have your own website. What's it? Culturefirst.com. Is that right? Correct. Culturefirst.com. Um, you've had a, your own kind of brand for the community. CMX for us is unique. Bevy acquired CMX, but we made the conscious decision we're going to keep those brands unique. And CMX is kind of the community brand, and Bevy is the product um, and software brand. You've seen some other companies. Salesforce has their Trailblazer community. Sometimes it's its own complete URL. Sometimes it's built under it. A branch metrics. They have the uh, mobile growth community, similar, its own website, its own brand. So I'm curious, what do you think about, is that a conscious decision you made that that just happened organically? And what do you think the trade-off there is, like, why, why not just make it the culture amp community versus the culture first community? Yeah, I mean, the truth is, I mean, I'm, I'm going to take liberty to answer it from my perspective, but there's probably been a lot of people who thought about this from a lot of different ways. So I'm just going to call out that I'll, I'll answer it from what I've seen and what I've gathered. Um, we always felt like it started, you know, we had the, we had the, 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 the um, we had our, our geek ups, which we felt were, were unique. We started doing our culture first conference, which our culture first it started with culture first one day conferences, which turned into culture first global that we did in 2018, 2019, uh, 2020 was going to happen in October. We're expecting 1800 people in, in Austin in October. That's, you know, clearly getting pushed back. Um, so that's grown. So your question was, yeah, the, the idea to do a separate, you know, I think it was important because, and I'll tell you why, when you say a culture amp community, Culture Amp is a is is more associated to a product itself, our Culture Amp products, and that what's unique about our community is you don't have to be a Culture Amp user. This is not a this is not a user group community. This is a community of people. Um, the, there are two pieces in, in, that 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 identify if, if this is right for you. One is uh, a belief that a better world of work is possible, and the second is and a willingness to take some action to, to make that happen, right? So we do believe there's a bit of, there's an action component, there's a change component to this community that, yes, our tools support that. 
you know, this goes back to the why and the what. Our why is really about improving the lives of, of people through the workplace. Our what right now happens to be the software products, but it also may be as community and it also is other things. It's the why that drives us. And I think by separating those two, we can get more clear on that and not get confused on, wow, we have this great story about this leader who's doing these wonderful things, but is not at a company that works with us, um, but still is embodying and showing these things to the world. How do we push, you know, do we push that through our, our culture amp site? But like, is that aligned with the campaign? And it's not, a, it does, is it aligned with us selling a product? Well, these are kind of these kind of subtle things behind the scenes when you have to make decisions around um, driving a product and driving product adoption. Now with culturefirst.com, doesn't matter because at culturefirst.com, that's what it's about. Stories, um, curriculum, content that both for the world and also to support our chapters and our, our online community. Um, so I think separating those two and also because we don't have any attachment to people in our community needing to be CultureAmp users, it doesn't matter to us. Um, it was important to, to separate that. We're also getting away, I told you that that the people geek, still a term that I think people that work with CultureAmp use, but we realize that this term people geek coming back to our doing some research and being able to talk to people, very it's very bucketed to HR. It is it is regional. Like, say, people geek to somebody in the Middle East, they can't make sense of that term as well, um, right? So that's great. There's people that love that term, but when we started being more intentional about going bigger with our community, we're getting away from people geek because, you know, we're thinking about culture-first activists or culture-first champion, um, but more broad. We want to bring more people in this conversation. If we're going to change culture, if we're going to change the way the world works, we can't just be talking to HR people. We need to be talking to managers. We need to be talking to employees. We need to be talking to executive leaders. Um, so we wanted to, to, to have space where we could go bigger. And I feel like at least in my sense, by by creating culture first, it gives us more freedom to go bigger and not feel as limited by what maybe Culture Amp is focused on from a product perspective at any one point in time, or um, you know what we're doing to you know again generate the revenue to to, to keep ourselves alive and successful. Um, so that that split to us feels like gives us a lot of freedom, um, and also because we're not anybody involved doesn't need to be directly attached to Culture Amp. Awesome, makes sense. Yeah, it's an interesting trade off. I think. It, it, it kind of reminds me of even the topic of product versus brand. You know, for as long as business has been around, we've tried to build brands around products and separate the product from the brand in a way. And so I don't think there's one right answer there. It, it really does seem like a case by case, depending on the company, depending on the stage you're at, depending on how people associate with the name of your product or your brand. Um, can all impact. Does that feel like the right choice for your community? Um, what What's to kind of go back to your original point at the start of our conversation? It's you know what what's going to feel most authentic um, and honest and actually be community first, right? Community driven. Yeah, community. I love it, community first. I love that. Also, culture first has always been your guys' thing, and and like the the, the main value you have, and for CMX, community first has been our number one value since we started. So I love it when I saw when I came. I've I came always to your felt so aligned with all of you, and I was just like, "This is awesome." And I really liked your sweatshirts <laughs> you had there, and I told my team I want the same thing, but that says community first. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Wait, we should do it. Um, I just want to say a couple of things. One is number one. Communities are, like I said, I'm not the expert on all things community. I'm sure every, different organizations build in different ways. We are unique. We are about a movement. We are about workplace culture. We are about, you know, like we are unique. We're building something unique. But I want to share what you were talking about, something that Didier says a lot. 
even before community, it was in our world, is, is your brand is your promise to your customer. Um, your culture is how you deliver on that, right? So, and I, I bring that up because you were talking about brand. And if your brand is your promise to your customer, I, I just, you know, like in most cases, at least in our cases, our promise to our customer is not a piece of software. You know, our promise to our customers is helping advance uh, their culture and giving them tools that, to make that better. I mean, like, the, the, this goes back to the what and the why. Like, the what can change as long as we're, we're connected to our brand or to our why about what we want to do in the world. And um, I think when we built it, it's important that we separated the two because our, our brand is bigger than our, our what, um, our cultures, and then our culture is how we're going to do that. Like, what are the operating methods and how do we behave and our uh, our goals to do that? So when you're speaking, that just that came up for me. But yeah, culture first, community first. I love it. Awesome. All right, I'm going to finish with just a few rapid fire questions here and we'll wrap up. Um, one, uh, is there a great book article or resource that, uh, you really love that people can check out to learn more about culture? Oh, well, there's one book that comes to mind, which I think is a little bit about culture and a little bit about, um, community building. That's Priya Parker's uh, book, The Art of Gathering. Right. I think that's a great one specifically for this. Art of Gathering virtually now. I'm waiting for that version to come out. Art of Gathering virtually. (laughs) Um, If you want to deep into my, some of my, my others, I mean, I'm a big fan of a guy named Fred Kaufman. Uh, he wrote uh, Conscious Leadership, but he wrote a second book. I would tell you to get the second book. I always forget. It's something about leadership. It's not Conscious Leadership, but I feel like he evolved those. Um, he worked very closely with Jeff Weiner at, at LinkedIn as kind of like the architect behind a lot of the culture there. And I, my time at LinkedIn, I was really impressed with with what I saw. So I thought that was I, that book really has always inspired me. Also, Brene Brown, Daring Greatly. I think has been really important for me. Also, one of our one of our values at Culture Amp is courage to be vulnerable. So, like it ties into who we are, and that's you know a lot about Brene's work. So, I think you know for me, culture is really we're trying to fix it all externally. I mean, I say this a lot. I work with organizations trying to put in pl- policies and fix culture, but what I've learned is there's this deeper self of like. We want to fix it out in the world, but the truth is fix it inside of you and you'll fix it, right? If you want to see more belonging at your workplace, then how are you bringing more belonging? If you want to see, I wish people communicated better. I wish more open and transparent. Well, how you know, how can you go, how can you be more open and transparent? And, you know, that's an irony in my work is when I work with leaders, it's like we're fixing these big problems, but the truth is if we can really fix them in ourselves, we can fix the, the bigger the bigger problems in the world. So that's a few that just to, to ring off, but I have a whole a whole list. I love I love some of these great books around culture. Mm-hmm. You open that box, we could do a whole nother episode on Brene Brown and belonging. <laughs> She's great. <laughs> Finding it internally first. Cool. Really quick, what's one tweetable, so you get 280 characters ish piece of advice that you want everyone to walk away with when it comes to culture and community? Putting you on the spot. Here's what I've learned, and this is this, this theme keeps keep coming up. You have 280 characters, Craig. Yeah. <laughs> when building community, build the community you want to see in the world, and let the other people show up. Mm. Right. Like I, I keep seeing that. I feel like the I, I I talk to people too, like you do, David. And um, there's a theme I keep hearing, especially people that have done really powerful things in the world. And it seems like over and over the theme is they built to solve it for them in their world. They built the community that they felt was missing. And I, in some powerful way, like that's the real answer. If we're all trying to do something for other people or capture it, like build what's right for you. It might be a hundred people in the world need it and that's great. It might be millions of people need it, but like the passion and the truth. So 
solve for you and then solve for the world that way. Love it. 100% agree with that. And then lastly, where can people find you um, and anything that you'd like to share with the audience? Yeah, where can people find me? Well, of course, we talked about culture, you know, first.com. Please go check that out. We'd love you to check out cultureamp.com. I'm a big LinkedIn guy. So you can find me, uh, Craig Foreman, cultureamp, you know, LinkedIn. Also, um, I'm working now just to start building more on Twitter. So uh, I have, I've developed a bit of a moniker along the way, and that's Culture Craig. So at uh, Culture Craig on Twitter. Please come follow me there. That'd be great. I'm going to start doing more, but I'd love your support that way. You can follow me on Twitter and start to build that up. And finally, uh, I do, I have my own podcast, uh, CultureCast. Um, you can find it on pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts, um, but you know, Spotify, Apple. Um, and my whole goal there, these are not polished podcasts. These are not, you know, we do have the Culture Amp, Culture First podcast, which is brilliant. Uh, Damon Klotz, our culture workplace culture evangelist. Um, does a great job, tells you know, all these stories and multi-layer with multi-guests. Mine is scrappy. Mine is, I want to, you know, I have these great conversations. I talk to people, like hit record, take 15 minutes of that call, push it out. I really want to just amplify the voices of people in the space. I have the opportunity to do that. And the other thing that I want to do, um, oh, but also with everything going on, I kind of am moving more towards, I want to tell the story culturally like i think this is it like we've been talking about the future of work forever it's over like i don't i can't even use that hashtag anymore it's like the now of work and i want to tell the story in real time like i don't know where this is going i know that we're going to see massive changes in how we organize how we gather how we work and my goal through that podcast and through my social media is to document this in real time and and how people are dealing with both the upsides and the downsides of this whole thing because we're going to see it all um, and I just want to tell it from an organizational and cultural perspective of what we're seeing. So those are the places you can follow me um, or come you know, check out Culture Amp. We, you know, any, any one of those places is great for us. Awesome. Thank you so much, Craig, for joining us. Really enjoyed the conversation. We'll have to do it again sometime. Thanks, David. Um, and this is great, but also our continued partnership. We work with you in different ways. I'm excited. We're you know using Bevy and um, but CMX, the support you've all given. I've learned so much as a guy that didn't know much about community six months ago. I'm so grateful for this community. And I look forward to all the great stuff we'll do together. Awesome. Likewise. Really appreciate that. And uh, we'll see you all soon. <laughs>